Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. I like your shirt. Does it say Sunday Scaries? Thank you. No, it says Sunday Crush. Shout out to Sunday Crush, which is... <laughs> It should say Sunday Scaries because I get those every day of the week. You know what I'm saying? But it's called Sunday Crush and it is this brand based in Victoria, BC. And I was there with some friends a few weeks ago and went to this little outdoor market. And there she was with her cool little, uh, you know, booth and all her cool little arts. And she had some t-shirts and I was like, I like that for my guy. And then I bought it and then I literally messaged her that night and I was like, is there any way I can pick up another one because I want one for myself? So I went like walked to her house (laughs) the next day, picked up one for myself and then went back to Vancouver. Oh, that's actually cute. I really like the font. It's cool, right? But the back is the coolest part. I'll show you. Get out of your head. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yeah, she designed it all herself. And this was the first time she'd ever like screen printed anything onto a tee. So it's like limited a dish. But yeah, look her up. Sunday Crush. I, I think will. she probably ships like around the world or something. I don't know. I'm really just talking out of my ass, but I liked her. She was cool. So now you have matching tees with your guy? Yeah, we have matching tees. And I love it. I wear it all the time. Are you ready to um, announce that information? Because we actually kind of get into that on this episode with our guests we talk about love we talk about healthy relationships so sarah do you have an announcement that you you know want to tell the girl on girlies wow i was not expecting this we did not plan this and also that's a great segue i feel like we're getting really good at the segues yeah i have a boyfriend oh oh um it's still new so you know i'm not ready to like Screaming from the mountaintops just yet, but of course, I'm going to share it with my girlies because you guys are like family, and obviously, Persis already knows. Imagine I didn't know. (laughs) Honestly, I've been really hush-hush about it. Like, I don't know what it is. I just kind of kept it, like, close, and there are a bunch of my friends and family who don't know. My sister doesn't know. What? Cassia, if you're listening, I have a boyfriend. Oh, Cassia. Well, here you go. Heard it here first. Heard it here first. I'll tell her soon. It's I'm not I'm not keeping it hush hush for any reason. He is so great. I'm having an amazing time. Everything is so lovely. I just I don't know. I'm kind of just like um just enjoying it, trying to like cherish it right now. Yeah. I think that's kind of nice. I feel like there are certain things that are just like kind of nice and private to just keep to yourself, and I like the way you said cherish it. I don't know, especially when you're excited, you want to like tell everybody everything, but there's certain things that you're like, you know what? I just want to keep this like between us and whenever you're ready. I mean, you're announcing it on this uh, global platform, this viral Viral millions and millions Millions. of listeners. Does he have a code name or are you just going to say the name? Should we do a code name for now? Sure. Let's call this person Declan. Declan. Interesting. There is actually a lot of meaning as to why I gave him the nickname, or sorry, code name Declan. Okay. But maybe I'll... uh... (laughs) Tell me. Is that like secret, top secret stuff? Oh no, just look up the name on Spotify. Declan McKenna. Oh. 
I love that song too. I can say that. Declan McKenna is an artist who has a song that's called Brazil that me and Persis both like, and my boyfriend is from Brazil. Okay, that's all the information I'm giving you guys. Let's <laughs> see if anyone can put two and two together. He's famous, I forgot to mention. He's actually Declan McKenna. <laughs> it's Declan McKenna. Okay, anyway, Pers, you mentioned earlier before all this hoopla that relationships ties into the episode that we have today, an episode that we both absolutely loved this conversation was like truly i feel like we say this a lot but it was honestly one of my personal favorites just so fun we fell in love with these two people who are we talking to today honestly agreed with sarah i felt like this was such an exciting conversation and it really felt like all of us were just friends vibing out but we talked to kirsty and christine aka on airplane mode aka the most adorable lesbian couple on the internet who promote healthy relationships, and they also record all of their travels together and promote safe queer travel as well. Queer travel is the number one thing they talk about in their content. I love seeing where they've been, where they're going. They were telling us about a family trip that they're about to take to Greece. Um, but what they really like to focus on is just sharing their love in these new destinations and also being cognizant of the fact that queer people have to be really careful when they travel. There are still, we think the stat is 70 countries that criminalize queerness, um, and some of those are punishable by death. We talk about this with Christine and Kirsty, and so it's just the reality is that queer people and queer couples specifically have to have an extra step in their travel plans than maybe straight people do, and that's their safety if they're going to have PDA with their SO or just kind of or just even travel with their SO um, and so it's a really important topic we loved exploring it with them and we just loved talking about their love story we spent a lot of time on that we spent a lot of time on like how they navigated their families and their family's acceptance of their queerness which was beautiful just so much love and such great energy in these two and one of my fave conversations we can't wait for you guys to hear it yeah, it's very needed. And also, I feel like sometimes, and we get into this in the, in the interview, but when you brought up like the queer safety when you're traveling, I feel like for me in general too, I'm such like a naturally like very affectionate person. Um, and it's, I think it's like really easy for me to sometimes even forget like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that if I'm like in this country, you know, especially yeah. when I'm going to be traveling with my girlfriend, like there's so much like you need to be aware of as a queer person. And it doesn't always come naturally. Like maybe to some people it would, if maybe they've like been through a little bit more with like their growing up and their queerness. But because the way I grew up, it was always very accepting. Sometimes I can be a little ignorant to the fact that like, okay, you should not do that at this place. Cause you literally like mm -hmm. don't know what could happen. And just having that extra awareness is always so important. It's important what they're doing and also like their content is just really cute and cool. So make sure you follow on airplane mode underscore underscore. They're on TikTok. They're on Instagram. We promise you're going to love them in this interview and you're really going to love them online. And uh, we just want to thank them so much for sharing their time and sharing their energy. Uh, we can't wait to talk to them again. I am so down for a round two, baby. Me too. And also, if you guys want to check out their website on on airplanemodetravels.com they have a whole blog where they like showcase all of their travels and you can read more about it and their travel guides and stuff like that so we will link that as well
Thank you so much for having us on the show. We're so excited. This is we're excited fun. to have you. We were so excited that you like responded and I don't know. We were like fangirling <laughs> but I was like, yeah, oh, that's oh my God. no, same. We like we like stalked the whole page. So we're yeah, <laughs> we're caught up for sure. Yes. That makes me we so love happy. it. We're so happy you're both here. We can't wait to talk to you. We um, have so much we want to ask you. We have tons of questions about your relationship, about travel, about all the queer things. I love that. Yeah, we're on board with all, everything. I mean, yeah. all <laughs> Amazing. Questions. I'm sure we'll get into it more, but I mean, yeah. if you've seen our platform, we're all about love and mm-hmm. healthy relationships. So yeah. multi-age yeah. friends, yeah. couples, whatever it is. So I like that you said like healthy relationships because that's something like I feel the queer community needs to see mm-hmm. yeah. a lot more. So absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. We have we definitely can go down a rabbit hole with that conversation alone. So I can, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we'll get into it all. Also, just like sidebar, Persis and I are both in uh, new relationships right now. So we're both feeling like very lovey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm loving the energy right now. This is good. <laughs> yeah. I know we're like signing on. We're like, we're all about love on this podcast anyway. So it's great. Yeah, we are both hard eyes. Well, I saw a meme today that was hot girl summer with your booze. So, oh, Mm. that's That's cute. cute. I'm into it. We need t shirts. Oh, if you guys made t shirts, I would fully buy one for me and my boyfriend. Same. I'd buy one for me, my girlfriend, and our cat. Oh my god! <laughs> I know, Sarah. Get one for Olivia. What are you thinking? Oh, guys, Olivia needs the... hot girl summer. We'll sh- I'll show you Olivia at the end of this interview. You'll love her. She's le- she's sleeping right now, but she's my cat. She's super cute. I love that her name is like a human name. That makes it. Even I know. I know. <laughs> at first, I was like, "Is it a cat? I don't know." I'm like, is it her roommate. She's sleeping right now. I'll show you her later. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to assume it's a pet though, but you know. Well, Sarah and I. You so nice about it. You were like. You were, you're like, okay. (laughs) She's sleeping right now, but it's okay. (laughs) Sarah and I used to be roommates, like for literally eight years. I feel like that would happen. You'd be like, oh, yeah. No, we were obsessed with each other when we lived together. So that is truly something that would have happened in real life. I'd be like, I have to show you a person. That's amazing. So you probably already have t shirts that are matching, anyways. Oh, somewhere along the line. We do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you two, let's dive in. We want to know all about you guys. For any listeners who might not know who you are, can you both tell us a little bit about yourselves, your pronouns, and how you identify? Yeah. So my name is Kirsty. It rhymes with thirsty to make it easier for everyone to remember. And my pronouns are she, her, and I identify as a lesbian. And I am Christine. I identify as she, or my pronouns are she, her. <laughs> I also identify as a lesbian. Awesome. And do you guys both remember the first moment you realized you were queer? And if you had like an aha moment? It's funny because like, you know, everyone has, I guess the aha moment. But then when you look back at like childhood memories, you're like, oh, why did no one tell there me? There were multiple aha <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, they let me wear that. Like, that's super queer alone. <laughs> I, don't know. Yeah. I guess I dressed myself when I was a kid. So um, yeah, I guess like, it was a little bit of what you said, like a couple of different aha moments over the years. And then um, it was more of like a realization all at once in college for me. And then I, from I'm from Tennessee originally. So being queer was not an answer. Like that was not an option for me. It was not going to happen. Like I was terrified. So I was like, I'm going to move away and start a new life. 
but being from Tennessee, I didn't realize that San Francisco is actually one of the queerest places in like the US to move to. And that's where I decided to move to. And so of course that of course. kind of door for me to <laughs> explore all of that, but yeah. And then I had it probably when I was 11 um, and my mom caught me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, caught me true. with like, you know, you're like middle school girlfriend at the time. And then also, honestly, when I saw Gwen Stefani, that was my aha moment. <laughs> oh my God. I, I feel like I don't hear Gwen Stefani like that often, and but I totally relate. Like yeah, Gwen is everything. Perfect. Yeah. When she was Hollow Girl, this was her prime. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm like feeling it too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I We haven't heard Gwen Stefani yet, which is so shocking because I feel like Gwen was like a secret gay icon. But for Persis, it was Demi Lovato, was like her celebrity queer awakening. So Kirsty, did you have one too? Mine is Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussy <gasps> Still to this day, I was like little me watching the Buttons music video, like, oh my God, this is iconic. And yeah, still to this day, my ma- main video. And her type still. <laughs> That's exactly those moments, like who you liked as a childhood and who, or in your childhood and who you're dating now. It's Nicole yes, Scherzinger. Yeah. I, I was going to say. manifested this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, Christine kind of looks like her. Also, can I just say, we talked about this like way, way back on our first podcast episode, Me and Persis. But when I was younger, I thought that maybe I was gay for a second because I didn't like any of the boys in my school. And I was like, what the hell? I must be gay. And at that point, I was watching the Buttons music video so often. And I was like, I, ha- I must be gay. Like, I love this video. <laughs> I'm doing well right now. <laughs> You're like Googling. It does, it does me That's watching the- six times make me gay. <laughs> no, truly, you guys. And I was like, why do I love this video so much? Like, there's only one reason. And now I know it's just because, like, Puss to Get Dolls were badass bitches. Um, but at the time, I was like, I am definitely gay. <laughs> <laughs> there's no question. Honestly, if they remade the music video, I'd still be like, yep, this is it. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my God. They should this. remake that music mm-hmm. video. They should, they should bring it back. Did either of you have a coming out story and or many coming out stories? And if you did, can you share them with us? I'm trying to think. My coming out story, I feel like it happens so often. And like even through our platform, we're coming out pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Um, coming out story. I mean, your that time with my mom. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it took her a long time to actually come around. And it was from 11 through probably... 18 right before I got into college where she kind of was like is this a phase is this a phase and eventually you know it's going on 30 right now so it's still <laughs> not a, it's not a phase not a phase mom the phase continues. <laughs> um but I, I mean I feel like it was kind of this me coming out to her every day until she kind of acclimated and grew and you know understood what I was and what it is and what it means to be gay or identify with the LGBTQ community. I think it definitely took time. I think back then it was a lot harder to come out. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's always hard to come out. But back then there wasn't enough representation where she didn't really understand what it meant. And I'm a first generation daughter. So I think for her was even more of like a scare, I guess, because I was a first generation daughter and she was just like, all right, what does this mean to the US or like to Americans for you to identify as gay? Mm -hmm. Totally. 
You don't have to share this if you don't want to, but how is um, your relationship with your mom now? Like, do you feel like she's come a long way in terms of accepting your sexuality? Oh, totally. She is a favorite. I'm just saying. That's amazing. I'm just saying. All the time, but I'm clearly the favorite. Um, But um, no, it's amazing now. We're actually going on a family vacation in late August and it's our first time just the four of us and we're going to Greece and we're actually surprising her with first class tickets (gasps) it's like yeah it's it's a whole thing and it's amazing I can't wait she's in love with our love yeah she's really proud of us it's so cute now because she'll call us like randomly in the day and say hey I just told someone that I have two daughters now and I told them and I was so proud and that's all. I'm just going to go back to my day. It's the growth for me. And I'm like, <laughs> it's the cutest thing in the world. Yeah. She's like, honestly, probably one of my best friends now. So it's really cute. Yeah. That's I'm so heartwarming. Emotional. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's a mom to you. No, too, she is. So. Yeah. Like I, at this point, I, I even tell her, I'm like, if you ever even think about breaking up with me, I'm still going to be at all the holidays. <laughs> I'm going to be at all the dinners. Like, you, you and mom are besties. You better yeah. like I'm not going anywhere whether you yeah, so. <laughs> going joke now, but um it's it's amazing too, you know, like it's even over the holidays they have like decorations for all four of us and um like our names are per, like monogrammed on the stockings and things like that. Like they they do all these things for the both of us that just really go above and beyond on the family, you know. Yeah, your your family, period. And they're (laughs) my family, yeah. And and for me, like my family is very different in the sense that um, me coming out was never an issue. Like I'm from Tennessee and you would think that that would be kind of like, because being queer in the South is just like a no-no. Weirdly, my immediate family was very okay with it. My my sisters were like, I'm surprised you didn't tell us sooner. My (laughs) parents were like, okay, that's, yeah, that's fine. Like we want that for you. But um, in the bigger scheme of things, I wasn't as family oriented um, with my family as Christine was being, she was an only child. And I, you know, I moved out when I was 17, I traveled on my own and things like that. So my, like, I don't really have a relationship with my mom, but other reasons, um, you know, but my sisters and I are super close and like they're, you consider them sisters yeah. at this point too. Your dad even said, like it was pride month, June 1st. And he was like, so do I say like happy gay day or like what, how do I address this? I love this? it. <laughs> yes, dad, like, that's exactly what you always said. Always, yes, happy gay day, like every day. Yeah, just, I'll take it. Yeah. I to text every day now saying happy gay day. <laughs> I know, I keep pushing him because it's like, it's funny because he doesn't want to make me feel uncomfortable by saying the wrong thing. So he like tries not to say anything, but I'm like, you can say gay. You can say, you can say girlfriend, it's fine. Like, I'm not going to be upset. So. It's cute to see the family dynamics grow on both sides of things, you know, learning to open their minds in different ways, just by us being ourselves. It was just having natural conversation and showing our love in in a very positive, exposing way. It's, you know, really opened up those doors, which is fun. Yeah. And those stories are so important. Like even Christine, for your mom to like over time, like see your love and just see how happy you are. I think that's what it comes down to. Right. And opening up those conversations are so important. And also like having that patience, I guess, too, to kind of like, I don't know, not like come off too aggressive about it or like, why don't you accept me right away? I think sometimes like that strategy and the more conversations you have, it can go a long way. Yeah. I feel like that's something that we talk about a lot too. Like a lot of the time, you know, cancel culture is such a thing. I think all families are different and it's such a sensitive subject. And like we were having a conversation with someone who doesn't have that relationship with their family but 
again, mine took time. It definitely mm-hmm. took time. But now that my mom has seen how happy I can be, you know, that we're able to create a career out of this, it's, I feel like she's definitely learned. And now she's like, I get it. Mm-hmm. It's, this is it. Well, like, also her dad is also very like, um, like a man's man. He's like very intense. And we always say he's got like a Mufasa voice. He's like very he intense. So he's, a little, he's very intimidating, but I try to like get a soft side out, you know, when we were backpacking through Southeast Asia, my mom got really sick and this was probably seven months into our trip. And we were in, I think Indonesia at the time. And it was a week after my mom was in the hospital for a week. And my mom called me and was basically like, this is what happened. Don't worry. Um, I'm telling you this basically because I don't want you to come home. Like we're going to figure it out. And then my dad, who I've never officially came out to, it was kind of just like a underlying thing of like, I don't know what my daughter is. Um, He kind of took the phone and was basically like, well, I'm happy if, I'm happy if you're happy. If you and Kirstie don't have kids, it's fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, both of us were like, wait, what? What did he just yeah, say? Yeah, I was like, wait, no, <laughs> like what what is happening I feel like that's his way of saying like we were like we can still have kids but yeah, like, but, like <laughs> okay like yeah that's a conversation for another time conversation for another time that was his way of accepting us and it's funny it's like now like now like downstairs at some days when we're visiting and he'll be like happy anniversary did you get her flowers and I'm like ow like why like, yes like, yeah I did like thank you like why are you yelling at me like you know it's just so it's funny to see how he is too because he almost treats me like a son in a way but like a delicate right son. yeah like, right <laughs> I hear that's like his way of like showing that like yeah exactly. yeah exactly yeah. it's still very yeah inclusive yeah yeah yeah. but see the i'm glad we're having this conversation i feel like these stories telling the stories is so important it hits the nail on the head for like the reason why we started this podcast it's like you can't expect everyone to immediately snap into exactly how you want them to accept you or it's sometimes it takes time and it's not making excuses for anyone who's hateful but it's like if you are open and you have the space and the capacity to grow and to love as a straight person, like you can learn so much from the queer people in your life and from the queer community at large and like that growth. And even like, of course, you know, he is kind of treating you a little bit like a son and there's a whole underlying thing there of like, you know, there has to be someone who's the male in the relationship and someone who's the, but apart from all of those things that we can discuss as years go by, like the fact that there's acceptance and love and respect there, like that's what we're trying to get to. And that looks different. It can't always look perfect, you know? Yeah. And exactly. And that's where both of us are like, there's no, there's no animosity there. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no problem. So it's like, we're so happy with it. Also, my dad is equally as tough with me. Yeah. I don't know why. <laughs> right. I don't know why he's not understanding the femme energy, but like, <laughs> you're like, I am exuding ultra femme energy like yeah no (laughs) No, yeah he actually treats you like a son too so I guess it's it's so weird (laughs) do you have any brothers do you have any brothers no I'm an only child only child oh right maybe 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 you're like his daughter and his son in one yeah exactly exactly it's fun but that's what you said too it's that's also, and we'll get into that too, is why we love traveling so much is because you get to have those conversations and 
you know, talk to different people and different cultures and different traditions and different religions and backgrounds and sexualities and gender identities and everything under the sun, you, you're exposed to that when you travel. And I feel like that's part of why we love traveling so much. And we'll go more into that too, I guess. I love it so much. We also love traveling. I mean, who doesn't? I feel like there's this very small percentage of people who can really say like, I hate traveling. Like, come on now. That's a serious <laughs> red flag. Yeah. Serious yeah. red flag. Red flag. Big red flag. But we'll talk about it. First, we want to talk about you guys and your love story. So can you tell us how you met each other? I This is my favorite question to ask couples. Like, I'll meet a couple for the first time, and I can't help it. I have to ask them. So please tell us the story. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like the digital era. So we met on Tinder. We met, Super romantic. Yeah. <laughs> romantic as it gets. Um, I swipe right. And yeah, no, but uh, we... <laughs> We met on Tinder and actually there is a little bit, you know, of a romance behind that too, because actually our first conversation was about how we both had a passion for traveling and, and, you know, traveling, whatever, you know, way that meant to us, because I was backpacking at the time and she wanted to do more backpacking. So that was actually the very first conversation. And I think that that's Mm -hmm. always a special thing for both of us to look back on because we're like, it was all meant to be, you know, um, yeah. but basically we met um, in person after, um, I guess what we were playing hard to get, we were both very stubborn. So yeah, we were playing hard for... to get for a couple months. Mm-hmm. Um, and we finally met in person <laughs> at a rooftop bar in New York city. And it was super gorgeous. Like, you know, you had the empire state building behind us and we, it was just us two on, on the yeah, pool. Right we were very us. lucky. Um, and both had things to do afterwards. So we were like, why don't we just meet for one drink and then, and then we'll, you know, split ways. And we did this, like, we're proud of ourselves. Right. But we ended up staying on this first date for like four hours and Mm -hmm. we were super late to both of our other occasions that we had to be at. But like, it was funny because I'm going to throw you under the bus because (laughs) the whole time I'm sitting here thinking I'm on a first date. I'm like, doing the arm stretch where you like yawn and like lean in and try to like mm-hmm. feel you know yeah you want to get close of course mm-hmm. over here like yeah so my ex or like we have a dog that I'm trying to figure out custody over because we broke up and I'm like, I'm like I'm so okay this like, dog was amazing <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah my pets. <laughs> yeah so she was like on and on about her dog that she's in his custody battle over and I'm like what are we talking about here and Basically, long story short, like afterwards, she was like, oh, yeah, I was just on Tinder to look for like queer friends. And I was like, do you know what this app is? Like, do you understand okay, what the app when, I was like, queer friends. At like, that what? time, it was really hard to find friends. And it's not like, unless you're wearing like a rainbow bracelet, especially for my femme girls out there, like, <laughs> it's hard for somebody to say, like, like, I'll hit on you in person and like have the, you know, courage to do that. So I just wanted a queer a friend. Yeah. But anyways the real dates <laughs> that we went to right after that um ended up lasting four days so yeah classic, <laughs> classic queer date it, it, exactly. it'll Why last is for that, days you guys okay as a straight girl like what this is so I feel like I hear this story so often and it literally seems insane to me as a straight girl I'm like there's no way that I'm having a four-day date with this man on our like second time meeting he's gonna kill me <laughs> 
No, it's it's so it's such a thing. You know, we saw a meme the other day that was like us fighting stereotypes when it comes to lesbian couples, and then meanwhile we you hauled after one date. Like you know, it's like we are it still is, I mean, stereotype in that yeah. way, but it's like it's kind of funny. So it exists we, for a reason. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally. <laughs> that happened with my girlfriend and I too. Like literally, like instant, and we we U-hauled, and me trying to explain that to Sarah was really funny. Yeah. And I was like, I don't she know. She was like, what, how, what do you mean? I was <laughs> nervous, so nervous. And I was like, Persis, hold on. And Persis like calmed me down. And I already knew about the stereotype, but I just was just nervous. And now I'm like, oh, they're in love and everything's, everything's great. I had no reason to be nervous, but I was like, girl, this is best. But the stereotype does exist for a reason. I feel like we always are so quick to have our defenses up sometimes in certain situations. And I think, Sarah, we've kind of talked about this more like throughout, I think like maybe the last month or so, but sometimes I feel like you just got to embrace it. Like if the feeling is really good, just, mm-hmm. just go for it. And, and I'm a huge believer in that. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I always say it's probably less romantic to put it this way, but I'm like, lesbian years are like dog years. Like every year is actually seven years. <laughs> so in the first year, you've actually spent seven years together. So I'm like, we've been together <laughs> six, six years now. So it's a lifetime. Um, <laughs> I feel like that that's how I calculate it. I'm like, we've actually been together for almost 50 years now. Yeah, so that's that so mean? cute. <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. I feel like every lesbian listening is like, yep, that checks out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's why it's like perfectly acceptable for us to move in together after right. a second date because we've already been dating for three and a half years on that spectrum, if you really put it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute. What was okay? So obviously, like with the first date, your impression was you were kind of like, "What's really going on?" You're bringing up the ex, the custody battle, but like, <laughs> what what was like genuinely your first impression of each other, like on that date? Okay, this is also part of why it was so funny because, like, well, obviously, I remember it specifically to this day. She was like, had a little bounce in her step. I remember the outfit, I remember everything. Um, but I remember you not knowing that I was gay or not. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I've okay. got a whole tattoo, I had a shaved head at the time. I, don't know. I was like, I'm so <laughs> lost right now. Like, I don't know how much more queer I could look, but okay. Like, honestly, I think I was delusional. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, this seems too good to be true. Like, Mm. It's kind of also manifested you because yeah. I wanted somebody who is artistic and a photographer, also loved travel. Like I feel like you were kind of living up to all of my expectations. And I remember talking with all of my coworkers and I was like, I don't know, like, is she into me? Is she not? Are we friends? Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like the second day we cleared everything up. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, clearly if it lasted four days, you guys cleared it all up. Yeah, exactly. We had a trauma bond and everything. Yeah. <laughs> a trauma bond? Does something happen? Yeah. yeah. That's, it's like whenever you sit and you kind of like, just feel comfortable with someone and you just spill the tea. And I feel like when you have a trauma bond, it's like a different kind of bond than you would with anyone else, like a safety and like a security. And I think both of us, we're very particular with who we like give our trauma bonds to. So it's like mm, yeah. for both of us to feel that way on the second date was already really special too. So in six years together, what do you feel like is the thing that you've learned most about each other and then individually what you've learned most about yourselves? That's a really good question. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, <laughs> I think for me, it's like Christine is the full package in, in my opinion. You know, she's really... Uh, headstrong. She is very independent and, you know, like she's literally everything that I would want in a person. And on top of that, people don't realize that she's actually the more 
like the more spontaneous one, the more of an adrenaline junkie. Like she's the one that's like, let's go swim with sharks and let's go jump off a volcano and let's go do those things. And I'm like, no, I'm like, why don't we just sit here by the pool? And um, I think that me realizing that more and more throughout the years, it's like she pushes me out of my comfort zones, but in such a beautiful way where it's like most of my favorite memories, I probably wouldn't have had the courage or, or anything to do those things. But she's like, no, let's go, let's go do it. That's one of the things I love about you is, you know, you push me to like really try new things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I would say the same to Kirsty. So when we first met, I was working at an ad agency in New York city and I always wanted to travel and, you know, New York hustle, you get maybe two weeks off. That's it. I need, I need longer. Like, I don't know how to actually explore if or like learn or change or I don't know, grow. I was really going through it. (laughs) Like my alchemist moment was happening and I was like, I need to chase it. And I was like whispering her, like, quit your job. (laughs) I mean, let's move to Asia, like quit your job. (laughs) So exactly that. I feel like I wouldn't have had the courage to do that if it wasn't for Kirstie. And honestly, that year was the best year of my life. Mm -hmm. So I learned so much about myself, about us, about what I wanted to do. And like knowing I wanted to do something that helped other people. I think that that was what I yeah. And I, I also think that between we talk about this a lot that like, because we were able to establish that beautiful like trauma bond in the beginning, like, I think over the years, we've really allowed ourselves to, you know, grow as individuals, even though we spend all day every day together, it's both it's super important <laughs> for both of us to like really continue our individual journeys, whatever that means at the time. So you know, she's been there through my personal hardships and like times when I've had it really rough and vice versa. And like, um, you know, I think that that's something that we both found a lot of patience in too, is realizing that we are still very different people. And like, we have our ups and downs on different days too. And I think over the last couple of years, you know, we've, you know, we've really gotten to know where our insecurities come from and our, you know, darker emotions come from and like where those are triggers triggers as a human. Take us out of that. Exactly. And like communicating through that in like a super positive way is actually, it's, it's been really helpful too. Cause of, of course we like, you know, bicker like any other couple, but I feel like nowadays it's like, we've gotten to know each other on such a core deep level that there's not even a real reason to like, you know, have any you know. real fight. Yeah, exactly. Well, first of all, like communication is such a cornerstone of a healthy relationship, but also like having your individual, what you're saying about being individuals um, and being stronger together because of that is so huge. Also, travel is one of the biggest ways to grow as an individual. And I think it's so interesting that for you guys as a couple, you kind of jumped into travel. And what a way to grow individually and as a couple. Like travel is such an intense growth period. And I, I wonder if that's maybe part of what made you guys even stronger, right? I mean, traveling with someone is hard. And you have to really you have to really have a lot of patience and understanding for that person to make it work. What was it? Like two weeks ago, we were not having the best flight airline experience just because United had a bunch of cancellations, which ultimately affected us. Like even those kinds of things were things that we would go through. You you just have to un- expect the unexpected. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. we're prepared for that. Obviously, it's mm-hmm. like gonna fluster us, but yeah. I feel like we are a lot more prepared to kind of go through the waves together. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's it's also, you know, we've 
when you travel with someone, especially backpacking, backpacking is such a different type of traveling. Like now we've kind of done different types of traveling, but when we first started, we did backpacking and you see the craziest sides of people when you're backpacking, you are dirty, you are sweaty, you are messy, you have every day, you are trying to cavalry, yeah. like carrying a little backpack around all throughout the craziest places. I mean, places. it's Southeast and, Asia. Yeah. Yeah. So you see things of, like that you will not see in normal other situations that you probably wouldn't see outside of travel. Like you really get to know someone like there's no yeah. hiding that either because you're literally just together and relying on each other. So um, I think that that really created such a different and unique experience for both of us to like everything's out the door. Like all vulnerabilities are here. Like you were seeing. <laughs> yeah. the so uh, it's been, it's been fun. And like, since then, like evolving the travel to what it is now. So yeah. Yeah, I just finished a four-month backpacking trip through Southeast Asia, and I did it by myself. But I remember many times being like, "If if like my friends from home could see me, like I, I am like a different version of myself, but also like the most pure version of myself I've ever been. So dirty and like it was you amazing. So much about yourself and like the challenges you can get through. Yeah, right. Yeah, we always say that we're always like, this is a puzzle, and the next piece of the puzzle, we have to find it and put it there. It's right. going to be fine, even yeah. though we're found. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I love it. We're we'll get into the whole we'll get into the whole travel thing. Yeah, we have yeah. so much to discuss. Yes. So you did bring up queer media representation, and this is why we were excited to talk to you about this. But like, why do you think it's important for you two to share your relationship so publicly? Yeah, I mean, well, at least. For me, you know, personally speaking, in the South where I'm from, there was no representation growing up. Like, the only times you would hear about it are really, really negative, uh, derogatory terms, like about being queer. Um, you didn't have queer people in radio. You didn't have them in music. You didn't have them on TV. You didn't have them in magazines, ads. Social media wasn't a thing, right? So, um, growing up, there really wasn't like the only things you heard were coming from really negative standpoints. Um, so I feel like for me, I think it's really important for us to kind of be that representation for people who don't have that, you know, and that's, you know, we always say there's still 70 countries where it's illegal to be gay now, like still now. And that's people happening every single day where they can't, you yeah. know, find themselves in public, but they can go online and they can see representation and it gives hope in, in ways that, you know, we can still help them too. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like when I was growing up, I didn't see myself. So I would hope that seeing us and our love and seeing it be positive is something that could help someone else or just even give them something positive to look forward to in the day. Maybe they can't be out in their own home or their environment, but by seeing us, there's some closure there. And we're also always open to our DMs or any kind of questions if somebody ever wants to reach out. Also, when we were traveling, it was really hard to find any kind of queer travel guides mm -hmm. or anyone that's been there that is queer. And of course, this is our perspective of traveling, but at least that's something to mm -hmm. help someone if they ever want to travel to places. Even those places that are illegal, we shouldn't be limited to that. Mm -hmm. Everyone should have access to those places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's really empowering not only to see you guys together as a couple, but also to see you traveling the world. Oh, thank mm -hmm. you. And I, I did want to ask also about sharing your relationship publicly. And Persis, I don't want to speak for you, but part of Persis's story in um, coming out as gay is that 
She also didn't have any representation specifically. Like femme presenting, though, was a big one for Purse. And like, do you want to... I'm just thinking about Cammie and Shannon and how big that was. Like their relationship was so huge for you. And I really think it was like a stepping stone into you coming out as gay, ultimately. Like two, two femme presenting um, women in a relationship. Yeah, and also I think just seeing real people was like the biggest thing for mm. me to to witness at that time. I think it was in 2017. I watched their videos for the first time and I was like, I wonder why I'm so captivated by like these stories, you know? Like they're at that time, like not necessarily like celebrities or anything. They're just like regular people, but like showcasing their love. And obviously they've like have massive platforms now and it's incredible. But I remember being like, why am I like obsessed? Like always wanting to see their videos, but it's because like those real stories really matter. And yeah. that really is important to see. No, it's true. I think, you know, I, I feel like, you know, of course, all of us have the Gwen Stefani's and the Nicole Scherzinger's where we're like, oh my God, how beautiful and amazing. But it is really seeing those very vulnerable and real stories of how people are coming out and dealing with it and sharing it with their families. And like those at the time were the only people that we really had answers from is to live through those couples that were online on like YouTube and Tumblr days. I don't know if you remember Tumblr, but oh, yeah. Um, I feel like that that was originally the representation. And when, especially when it came to travel, there was like none when we started. And it was truly when people were DMing us. And when we were in Southeast Asia, we, we were, we bought a $15 tripod just to take our own pictures. And it was when people started DMing us and asking, Hey, is it safe to travel here? Hey, is it, is it friendly? Can I hold my boyfriend's hand in public? Can I bring my queer family here? And it was like flooding in. And we were like, why are people asking us, you know, like, we're just two normal people like you know and then we realized oh my god it's because there's not a place for people to go and ask these questions and we were like well why don't we start that platform yeah. and that's why it's been so important for us to continue too and it's become a huge passion for us because there's still so many unanswered questions you know around the world too i think also seeing cammy and shannon made it feel attainable like mm -hmm. it's not far out of reach it's not like mm -hmm. a celebrity in that sense it's like mm -hmm. Maybe if I tried a couple of YouTube videos, maybe I could find my person or maybe if I just start posting myself and letting people know that I am out, that I'm queer. Like I met one of my best friends through Tumblr. I mean, mm -hmm. I think that that was a huge representation for yeah. me as well. Yeah, because it wasn't just finding your person, right? It was just finding other queer people in general. Like yeah. we weren't able to find those people normally like back in the day. So now having social media everywhere, it's like, it's kind of different because you can hop on and type in a hashtag and find a, a large community. But back in yeah. the day, it was so different. Yeah, totally. And I feel like with on airplane mode, like you guys did feel a gap, fill a gap in the market. I hate to say it that way because it sounds so like synthetic, but you did. Um, so tell us a little bit more about on airplane mode. Like what inspired you to start the account ultimately was, did you see like, okay, there's no one doing this. Or were you just kind of like, we want to share our photos of traveling. Yeah. I mean, it kind of snowballed into what it is. So when we went backpacking in 2019, you know, we were trying to take photos and we would ask people to take photos of us. And it was, so it was like, oh, <laughs> here isn't it. So it's fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> They would miss the entire temple or they were like, like, oh, the trash. It, was, like, it like, is shocking to me how bad, no offense y'all, but how bad people are at taking photos in yeah. this day and age. Like we've it been can taking be photos, like, hello, we've been doing this for like a decade now. What is going yeah, on? Right. 
oh yeah and so like we would get it back and be like oh yeah we can't ask again that's another thing like the guilt of even asking in the first yeah, place and then you're like was, shit yeah, I just tried like I can't we, we would have to be like let's just wait five more minutes for another person to come <laughs> yes yes I've done that before and then it was just like okay all these people keep you know missing the entire point or the frame whatever so uh, we were in Malaysia, uh, no, Myanmar. Myanmar. We were in Myanmar, um, which in this tiny, tiny village, like nothing was in the village except for this um, little market. When I say like, I mean, it was the size of this little area, right? And it, it was like your version of a bodega kind of mm. store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it was like the only store in sight for like miles on yeah. end. And they just happened to have a tripod with a Bluetooth phone, a Bluetooth remote for your iPhone. And it was like $15 and we were like, should we just buy our own and, and take all of our and own pictures? And at that time we were like, whoa, that's big spending in yeah. Myanmar. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. In Myanmar, because it, it, it takes you like two or three days worth of traveling, right? So it was, yeah. So we, we were just like, let's just do it because we want to create these memories and have these memories for us. And uh, we don't want to go through the stress of having it. And it was like, why, why not? We make a little yeah, art like, project out of it. it. And so I remember specifically the cafe where we had just bought our tripod. And I'm like pulling it out of the black package and we set it up and we're like, we're like, okay, how does it work? And then we're like, click it. And we were like, oh, it worked. We were like, should we pose? You know, <laughs> we're like, should we do something cute? <laughs> yeah. so we're cute. like, this? like, like robotic. This cute. And then we were like, should we, should we cheers? And it, it turned into like this thing where we started going to new destinations. And I was like, okay, how about if you stand there and like throw your dress up and I run over and click the button and it, it just, it's, it's <laughs> Cute. Really fun and almost like a scavenger hunt way of us to connect through our travels like together to yeah, see what we and to create. like explore the country too because we we're like all right let's just find the photo like the instagrammable spot mm. and so we would just start doing that and make that part of our travel yeah. which was nice because sometimes it would be on top of the yeah. mountain or <laughs> yeah but then <laughs> but then that's where we started organically getting these um, DMs from people like in Russia, Tunisia, India, uh, in the US, like people asking us from all over the world being like, hi, I saw your picture. Um, Can I travel here too? And we were like, because that's why we were like, why are people asking us? We just bought this tripod to be like silly. (laughs) And um, it didn't, it was never with the intention of being like, wow, like we're gonna, you know, go out there and do it. And I think that that's why it's so beautiful about it is it really came from the heart when we were like, let's do this because we know it's the right thing to do. And, and it's something that we're passionate about sharing anyways, is sharing our experience while we travel. And yeah, so it kind of snowballed into what it is now. Yeah, um, a couple of viral photos later and then. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it happened all really organically, which is so nice. Like I love that it just started with like this little, it's so funny that this tripod was there in Myanmar. Cause like, what? how it's a mirage but yeah it's like the universe just like are we dehydrated are we dehydrated is that really there right now it was like meant to be like and it's something like you just didn't expect and then it takes off no yeah yeah, absolutely so it's it's pretty cool to look back on it and that's also where people ask us how are you doing it how are you affording i'm like this was a 15 dollar tripod and at the time like that got us through a majority of the all whole, of our Asia content yeah. is um, wow. Southeast Asia content was from our iPhone. Yeah, you've amassed like an incredible following. Like people love your content. Do you have any tips for creating great content? I mean, obviously your content has evolved over the course of, of on airplane mode um, from the tripod to, to now. Do you have any like simple tips or even more for the creators listening, like more 
um, kind of like technical tips about creating great talk content and um, how to kind of like build a following like that on social media. Yeah, yeah. I would say um, never go into it with the intention of I'm going to make a viral video or a viral picture like that should never be the intention because um, you're basically going to burn yourself out over time because it's not going to be coming from like truly what makes you excited and drive you. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think creating content around what your passion is, is automatically going to put you around the right people who are interested in your passion, which is going to allow you to have the motivation to wake up at 5 a.m. and go get that sunset shot or give you sunrise. the motivation, sorry, <laughs> sunrise shot. Or, you know, if you're a beauty creator, you're going to have the motivation to do that. Or if you're a fashion creator, you, have, you know, like it's easy to burn out in this industry. So I feel like if you're creating content that you truly care about, that's where you're going to get, yeah. you know, seen and put around. Yeah, we always say something when, you know, if we're ever asked, about a tip where it's always what's your why mm -hmm. when you're creating mm. content, what are you trying to do with this content are you trying to uplift somebody are you trying to create a community um and that's also it too there is such a huge community of people online fit to every niche that mm -hmm. it's you'll find it mm -hmm. and so i feel like sticking to that community learning from them reaching out and having these conversations are so important um so that's, that's another tip, just yeah. finding that community of people of whatever you're trying to go into. And then again, knowing, knowing your why and what you want to do with your content. Yeah. Cause it's long-term, right? We've been doing this, what, three and a half, four years, four years now. And wow, it's consistent, right? Like consistency is what they always say is key. And you know, there's days where you have to post every single day and you wake up, you're like, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? And um, and it, yeah, it's like what she said, if, if you're not truly in love with what you're doing, you're gonna, yeah. you know, I always say, or we always say too, if we've never worked harder than we have for ourselves. This, yeah. Yeah. For ourselves and this, because mm -hmm. we love it. We're so willing to do as much as we can. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, like back whenever we both had like our traditional careers and jobs, right. We're working long hours, but now it's like, we're working it's hard to almost turn it off. So we're trying to work on that and that balance. <laughs> Our creative energy is always like, what are we doing now? Yeah, like like, what like we today we had a beach day and we're like, we're not taking any cameras. Yeah, we're crazy. Like, look at us <laughs> That's important though. No cameras, no tripods. I was like, you get one TikTok, six seconds. It can only be a six second TikTok. I was like, wow, we <laughs> today. look at us. I know, Same we're day. like, we didn't work today. Yeah. <laughs> that's huge. No, that's huge because when you're a content creator, I mean, I don't know, I, I'm not one, but it must feel like you have to document everything. Like everything feels like, oh, are we missing a moment here? Are we missing an opportunity? Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. No, I'll be sitting anywhere like a beach and my eye is like twitching. I'm like, should I take it? Should I take it? Don't do it. Don't ruin it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. Just one quick win. And she's like, oh God. Okay. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I think it's so, that's something that we try to balance with ourselves, like giving ourselves, you know, however many days or hours we need in the, t in the day, week to just chill and be off our phones mm -hmm. and be off social media, honestly. Yeah. Because yeah. It is consuming. It can be so it consuming. Is. Yeah. It really that's crucial. But thank you so much. That is really amazing advice from both of you. And honestly, I'm taking it to heart because I find sometimes even with the podcast, I'll struggle sometimes of like, oh, what do we post on social media? We got to post. We got to like, you know, stay relevant or yeah, create something that'll get a lot of traction. And it always feels a little bit inauthentic when it's coming from that place. But I find like the content we create that is coming from a place of like, a moment we have with a listener or like something that something that we both feel really passionate about 
it always just feels better and it ultimately performs better online because it's just coming from a more it's coming from our why it's coming from a more honest place so i'm i'm taking that away from this conversation personally thank you both that's really important no it's it's so we're like we're really living by that because this time last year we were really like how do we make this full time so we're we're doing a lot of partnerships um but at the end of the last year we were like 2023 we're gonna we're only gonna take trips that truly bring us joy and we're going to only take partnerships well like we already do partnerships that you know are nice but like we really want to work with partners that are going to bring us a lot of excitement and joy and so even if even if that's not the case not work related but even just going on trips that we really enjoy so we did jordan and bora bora in the last couple of months um, and those both were so polarizingly different destinations especially from a queer perspective that it was just like this this is the kind of content that we love to make because it's like this is what we came it's to, challenging yeah, and this is what we started there's a for. story that we can tell behind it and so yeah. those are those are the moments and the trips that we like literally live for yeah and 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 exactly what you said because we put that first we were like this is what truly makes my heart happy and being around these different cultures and traditions and religions and everything um Ultimately, it's the content that did get picked up and seen more and had a lot of engagement because people are like, wow, I've never seen this before. And you know, that, that really feels validating at the end. Also, what, just a quick, quick question out of my own curiosity, sorry. Do when you, so you work with a bunch of different partners, I'm sure. Are some of them like paying for you to go on a trip? Yep. Like 90% of them are. <gasps> Amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I figured as much, but I was like, is that how? And also, you guys, just like slow clap. Yeah, slow <laughs> clap. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it definitely took a long time to get there, but. Oh, yeah, totally. Long time hard work, like not discounting the hard work you guys <laughs> no, put into no, it. No, no, no. But it's, it's something that we definitely push for because as a creator and for any creators or startup creators, it's important to note your value. You mm -hmm. are creating work when you are on these trips. Like when we are visiting destinations, we're not showing the pieces of us waking up at 5 a.m. and staying until the shot is perfect. And then the editing that goes behind it. And like, sometimes we're on back-to-back -back itineraries where it's like, you have one hour to do this. And then you have 15 minutes for transportation. And then you have one hour to do this. And then you and have we're like running with our tripods. Like, ah, like, we got it. <laughs> you want to get the shot. Like, That's hard. And content and like film it and post it all at the same time. Like, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, it's, it's, it honestly, I feel like we uh, are on the amazing race all day, every day. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> but, um, and, and it's, no, it's, it's exciting though, because I feel like we're truly doing what we love to do for work every day. Um, yeah. But we always say to creators, especially that you, you are a small business, right? Like this is a small business. Content creation takes work, effort, and it's a business, right? Um, you know, a lot of times these destinations will hire a photographer, a videographer, an editor, a model, they'll hire all these, this whole team to do a photo shoot, but creators are coming in and being one package. So we're always mm. saying exactly what you Yeah, like if you're trying your to pitch yourself, just know your value and know you are creating content, you are working, this is a job and that they would have needed this whole team to do it. Otherwise. And on top of that, you come right. with a unique perspective and voice and a group of people who are yeah. truly listening to what your advice is. So it's, it's, a unique value. Yeah, that's a great point. It is a really unique value to already have that audience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
Yeah, no, it's creative. Okay, so we have already taken an hour of your time, but we have a few more questions. I know, I was like, I've lost track of all time. It's so fun talking to you both. But we want to ask you specifically about queer travel. We get some questions about this from listeners, and we're just so fascinated by it. Like I said, we both love travel, and I want to make sure that wherever Percy's traveling with her girlfriend, that she has all the information that she needs at her fingertips to be safe. Um, but first, we just want to ask, what are both of your favorite places you've ever traveled to? I know it's such an obvious question, but it's our favorite. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a good question because it's so hard, and I know that sounds cliche to say, but like it's. I know it's like so when hard. someone says like, "Oh, do you, what kind of music do you like?" and you're like, "All of them." Every depends on my mood. It depends on my mood at the time of day. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my answer, though. Sorry, yeah, it depends on sorry. the mood. It's hard to pick. It is. It is. I think um, because, I mean, it sounds so cheesy, but every destination has so much beauty around it, depending on like every place. Like there's not been a single place we've been to where we were like, oh, you know, like no matter where it is, big or small, there's so much uh, personality that is unique to that place that it's so hard to choose. Um, I guess if we were have to choose, I, I think our most recent trip that I really, really loved is Bora Bora because not only was it amazing and gorgeous and beautiful and the bluest waters I've ever seen but there's also a really accepting LGBTQ culture there um they they've had I think they've they don't have any anti-LGBTQ they're one of the few countries that, that have ever yeah. that never actually passed any anti-LGBTQ LGBTQ laws oh um, I didn't know that yeah. And on top of that, they've always recognized three genders. So there's always a, a two-spirited gender where it's, you know, highly regarded as seeing as like a, a caretaker or, you know, for the watching the children mm -hmm. and like someone that they really put on a pedestal because they're so just amazing people. And it's just, it's, it's great to see the different cultures have this acceptance and they don't, you don't hear about it a lot, right? Because even now with the political alignment of even the United States talking about gender. So people are just get so interested about like confused yeah, on what to talk about. about. Yeah. yeah. And, and conflicted. exactly conflicted <laughs> is the word. Right. And, and it's beautiful to travel to these destinations where it's always been a part of their culture and it's so, wow. and I think that that was just yeah. really beautiful. It was to the point where we were taking content there and um, it was three couples, three queer couples, and we were all taking different content and not one single person bat an eye. Like no one looked mm. at us. Like, is this what normal feels like? Is this what we're fighting for? <laughs> <laughs> we're like, because no it looked at us. Well, it wouldn't even be that way in America. Like chances well, are someone I mean, would like at looking, least look. Yeah. Like and then, yeah. You Honestly, have like that one man to be like, oh, ho, ho, you know, yeah. not one man, like nobody. It was just like, it was honestly amazing. It was, I don't think we've ever I've never experienced felt that, yeah. that ever where we were, wow. it was just so normal. Like yeah. even the guides that took us and we would say like, yeah, we're a couple unfaithful. Nothing. That's yeah. beautiful. Purse, I think that you should take Crystal there. Yeah. Oh yeah, you're going to give me so many ideas. I'm going to be hitting you up for travel tips. Like please do. <laughs> yeah, it was, we couldn't say enough. And it's also it. just, honestly spiritually groundbreaking like if you're a spiritual person there's something that exists on the island it's called Manat and I'll, I'll stop from here because <laughs> I also know our time is over it's okay called, we love it I'm convincing you right now I'm influencing you but um, <laughs> <Manat. laughs> 
Ava. I'm like, yes, tell me. We were yes. already convinced, but please tell us. Yeah. I'm almost leaning in. Yeah, really. I'm going to have to tell you the secret. <laughs> but um, it's called Mana, and it basically means your connection with the nature and the people on this island. And it's just mm. an immediate connection that you have once you're there that you don't feel, you can't feel anywhere else. Yeah. And it, that's why they've created this word for it because people just automatically feel this way once you are there. And it's, and it's, it's amazing and it just takes the, over. The people are also so connected in that energy and that feeling that it's just like, everyone's just so sweet. I don't know. It was amazing. It's magical. Yeah. That's beautiful. I just <laughs> like really got chills beautiful. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And you said it's yeah. called Manat? Manat is the word for like the spiritual energy that beautiful. exists. Island. I love that so much. But yeah, I mean, Bora Bora is my favorite. I guess my favorite one as well. But yeah. Jordan yeah. also. Jordan I don't know how much fun. time we have, so I'm like, <laughs> I'm dying. Honestly, yeah, just this talk about travel is just. I want to like book a flight right now. Me too. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah, seriously. Let's Maybe go. we can come with you guys to Greece, just like family trip. Yeah, plus family girl trip. On girl. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. The family would love that. Honestly, parents, yeah. parents, parentals would love. Yeah, that. the parentals are like great children. I love this. I like, love who this. are these girls? Who are these two <laughs> random girls? <laughs> You're like, well, we have you have four daughters now. Don't yeah. worry about it. It's like, yeah, come on now. What makes LGBTQ plus travel a unique experience? And how is it different from like traditional traveling? Yeah, I mean, as we said before, there are still 70 countries where it's still illegal to be gay or identify as gay, 11 of them punishable by death. So it's something that not every traditional traveler needs to research or be aware of. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of a, our number one travel tip is to research the destination that you are going to and see like what the safety laws are there and making sure that you know, that you're aware of them. If you are traveling with your partner or by yourself, it's super important for your own safety. And that's something we always have to, unfortunately, you know, kind of deal with and research. Mm -hmm. And it takes up a lot of time. And even then it's still someone else's experience, right? So you don't really know. And it's, you don't really know until you go. No, it's true. Yeah. And, and I, I agree with that. I feel like it's so important to continue having, it's like, yes, you have to do the research and it, and you know, when you do travel to these places, you're, you're always told that there's a lot of fear wrapped around it. But when you go, there's actually a lot more people who are going to be willing to accept you and hear your story and, and love you for the way you are. Right. And I feel like that that is something that we love so much about traveling is so many people in places that they told us that they won't accept you have truly embraced us. And I, mm-hmm. those are some of our friends now right and I think that that's where you know we really want to challenge like boycott travel like where it's like no you can't boycott it because then you're not helping the LGBTQ communities that are living there and just because it's illegal there doesn't mean that queer people don't exist there right so by boycotting and not traveling to certain destinations because you know their you know LGBTQ government and laws doesn't mean you know, it, it really only hurts the people who are living there. And so I feel like giving it a chance and mm-hmm. doing the research and doing it smart and, and really prioritizing your safety is so important. Um, but yeah, I think that some of our favorite destinations are ones that really challenged us. Like that. Jordan. I think that that was one that was, you know, when we announced that we were going to Jordan, even my family members were kind of like, well, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? And 
it's we actually came to realize that it's one of the most it's the most tolerated middle eastern country for the lgbt community I'm, I'm saying that all wrong. But. No, but no, it's true. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's you're not it's not like some place that you can go and hold hands publicly with your partner, and it's not somewhere where we would recommend being out and like proud, right? Like because there's a lot of safety issues and concerns around that. Um, however, we did you know tell one of our tour guides who we spent all day with that we were a couple, and he was like, oh. He's like, oh, yeah, there's a huge community in Amman. Like, yeah, that's like, yeah, pretty normal right here, you know? And I was just like, it's so amazing because that whole day we were so scared. We we're like, should we tell him? Should we not tell him? You know, because he was like, oh, where's well, your boyfriend, you know? Yeah. Um, but I think that, that was just like, a, oh, like it wasn't yeah. as, you know, scary. But, you know, we, we definitely recommend being very careful with who you, you know, Yeah. So do your research yeah. and reading social cues is super important for LGBTQ travelers and yeah. a little different from traditional travelers in the same in the in sense the that they don't need to watch out for that yeah for sure do you guys have any this just came to mind do you have any tips for straight people who are traveling about how you can create a safe space even in another destination from yours for queer people like in that same space yeah, actually, that's a wonderful question because I feel like that's something that we're, you know, talking about now so strongly is having that allyship is so important, right? Because yeah. it, you know, queer people are are constantly trying to defend themselves and, and and try to like be a part of, you know, accepted society, but allyship is so important. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say like as a queer person telling another queer person that it's important <laughs> that we are that, you know, queer travel makes sense and that it should be legal and all of this. I think that queer person understands that, but it's yeah. more so straight people or people who don't identify with the LGBTQ community that we are needing to convince essentially and kind of share our experiences because sometimes they don't realize. Like mm -hmm. when we were in Jordan, we actually went with a straight couple, which is Kirstie's best friends. And I don't think they realize the gravity of how much we actually have to pull it back. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, somebody asks us, if we have a boyfriend, we kind of have to say like, no, yeah, done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Right. I think that was my, my best friend was like, like, why are you telling them that? And I'm like, well, because I could be potentially unsafe if I don't, you know? And I think that that was such an interesting conversation to have with my best friend of 15 years is, yeah, this is a, this is a very strong difference between the way that we have the privilege of traveling. Right. Um, but her also, being interested in learning about that was like how she can then go and protect other queer people when she's traveling outside yeah. of that. Right, right. I think that's huge. It's just the awareness. It's just knowing like I could go there and hold hands with my boyfriend and that the fact that you wouldn't be able to do that potentially for your own safety, that awareness alone is so huge. Um, so that's a huge takeaway. I also love that question. I don't think we've ever I'm been not, asked yeah, that. Yeah, that was a good question. Yeah, that's, really, yeah. that's literally, guys, that's the only reason I'm here is just to be like, how can straight people be better? How can we be better? How can we, how can we support you guys in any way possible? And I think like safety is just so important. And I think that straight people really take for granted our privilege in terms of safety, not just in destinations where being queer isn't as accepted in our own home countries. And so I just feel like that's that we have to always remind ourselves of that all the time. We can't take it for granted.
Yeah. yeah. I also give yourself some credit because this platform alone is creating that relationship. I feel like a lot of the times people put queer people in their boxes where they're like, mm. they can only hang out with queer people. And even lesbians have to hang out with lesbians and all yeah. that. But the fact that y'all have this amazing dynamic where you are talking about straight relationships, queer relationships, all of it is amazing. So yeah, it's really amazing. Thank you. You're doing Thanks, a great job. Thank you. Thank y'all. That just made my day. My Me week. too. <laughs> Me too. And Sarah and I are literally like sisters. It's like that type of relationship, right? So even having this platform together and like learning together is just, it's very fulfilling. It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it comes down to asking those questions together and, and feeling safe to ask them. And also for someone to feel safe to receive them and having those conversations is what changes people's minds and what opens people's minds and hearts to like learn different perspectives. And I feel like without having these types of conversations and sharing them, like it's hard for people to learn. Right. So mm-hmm. I think it's really special. Totally. I wish we could just like take that soundbite and make it like the slogan of our podcast. Cause that is just like, that's exactly <laughs> what we're trying to do here. And we yeah. want to like ask the questions, like let's have the conversations. It's really not that scary. Sure. You might say the wrong yeah. thing, but wouldn't you rather have the conversation than ignore it completely? That's where we come from. No. And that's so important. It's so important because there's so many different topics to go over. Right. But so many people are scared of like, oh, I don't want to offend someone. But honestly, sometimes people want to be they would rather be asked than you not talk about it at all. Right. Like it's kind of like going back in full circle with my dad, like him not asking me questions, not wanting to talk about Christine at all because he's scared of saying the wrong thing. I'm like, well, now I'm like, we're not talking about her at all, which is just as bad. So you know, completely ignoring that is also not um, beneficial. So I think asking those questions is really important. Totally. Absolutely. Thanks for your support, you guys. <laughs> I wish that we had like four more hours. <laughs> I know. Thank you for talking to us. This is such a lovely conversation. So many tips for queer listeners who want to travel. You guys have a travel guide that our listeners can check out or no? Did I make that up? So we we are across all the different social media platforms. Instagram, TikTok are our major ones, and it's with at on airplane mode with two underscores. Um, but you can also find us on Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook. We just got threads. I don't know who we think we are with all these social media platforms. <laughs> yeah. like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. But I can't help it. It's like, okay, you know. Um, of course. We're, we're on all the things. We also have a, a website where people can find our travel tips and guides, and that's on airplane mode travels.com. Amazing. Okay, guys, we're going to put everything that Kirsty just said into the show notes. So if you're listening right now, and you want to just like do an easy click, just head over to the show notes, and it's going to be right there. Um, And please follow them, follow them on every single platform, follow them on threads, okay? Because the content is so good. I, I was personally obsessing, I shared it on our story, I was obsessing over um, your date under the Eiffel Tower. Um, I don't know what it was. I just, I was upset. I watched it like 10 times and I sent it to my boyfriend. I was like, can we do this? <laughs> so cute. You're like, um, can we go and get a baguette? Let's right now. Right. Okay. I love baguettes. <laughs> That's so funny. No, I love that. I mean, honestly, threads is like almost like dangerous because now we're like, what thoughts can't we say? Yeah. Now I'm like, you can I'm say anything. Out there. <laughs> you can say everything in any way, like video form, text form. It's like the options are endless. It's mm, endless. Yeah. And it's only beginning. So we'll see how this goes. <laughs> 
Sarah, we well, should there... for our pod, honestly. Just side what, note. threats? Yeah. Okay, should we do oh, it? Yeah. Girl and girl should be on this. I know, it's scary. I feel like I have imposter syndrome. Like, would anyone care about my internal thoughts? But like, we all maybe? Care. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think okay. even like for little sound bites, like you mentioned before, like all yeah. throughout all your episodes and then y'all having your conversations, just pop it in there. Yeah. I would, I would binge. Or it. even questions. Ooh, yeah. Questions. True. Yeah. It's like, uh, what can straight people do? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what can straight people do question mark that's yeah. not a question okay. <laughs> no context what can straight people do just one of them that that could be your new tagline that just be it right there honestly it's just I don't i'm like know. actually never mind let's not get there, yeah. let's not get there. <laughs> this that's is what so i'm good. saying friends but you know what no we're going to get threads. This conversation inspired us. You guys are basically our content managers now. I, got you. I love oh, yeah. it. <laughs> I got you. Perfect. Okay, Sarah, in case you missed it, this is a really fun topic. And honestly, I got a little bit of a chuckle when I saw this because I thought it was so cute. Purse and I were both laughing before we started recording because we actually don't know the backstory behind this particular in case you missed it. All we saw was a headline and we both were like, yep, we're talking about that today. No questions asked. So the headline says, and I really hope I say this right. It says most male macaque monkeys are bisexual. Study finds. Yeah. Is that the right way to pronounce it? Macaque? Macaque? I guess it's a type of monkey. I think it's these monkeys specifically. They're so cute if you Google them, guys. They are so cute. Google them. Take a second right now and Google them while you're listening. Oh, they have the cutest little faces. I know. And so we found this article on the Gay Times, but it says that the majority of male macaque monkeys are bisexual. Um, researchers at Imperial College London have concluded. Their study, which was carried out in Puerto Rico, found that wild male macaques exhibited homosexual behaviors more often than heterosexual ones. Mm. 72% undertook same-sex mounting, while scientists believe helped to forge strong social bonds and supportive relationships. Ah, same-sex mounting. Get it, get it, get it. Oh my god, someone commented and said, so what you're saying is they swing both ways. (laughs) stop it they said oh another person commented and said uh they said hey bro want to see makaki oh my gosh so i guess it is (laughs) makaki okay that confirms that we got the pronunciation right thank you at k-a-x-c-m uh what do i think about this news i think it's great i also find like aren't a lot of animals like queer because i heard something about like female lions like the lioness oh what did you hear that they actually choose to raise their cubs with females oh honestly that does not surprise me i feel like that happens in humans too though don't you feel like in most like there's so many communities and tribes around the world where it's not just that like women are the ones who raise the children but like women banding together 
to raise all the children and handle and like basically grow the community is the most efficient way for the community to grow. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. It's, it's really similar to see like, or interesting, sorry, to see the similarities, similarities between uh, the animal (laughs) kingdom and the human kingdom. Persis, we should have an animal kingdom expert on the show to talk about the similarities between human sexuality and animal sexuality. Yeah. Or queerness in the animal kingdom. Because I swear, in Legally Blonde 2, <laughs> Bruiser is gay. That's like the whole plot. What? What do you mean that's the whole plot? Legally Blonde 2, what? the chihuahua, is gay. Okay, but isn't he gay like in the first one too? I don't think we really focus on Bruiser in the first one because... I remember like Legally Blonde 2 is all about Bruiser. I love saying the name Bruiser. Oh, okay. So here's the synopsis. Elle Woods journeys to Washington, D.C. to have her say about animal rights, but is ignored by every politician she encounters. Yeah, like I I remember seeing this movie and that was the whole plot. I kind of want to rewatch it now, but it says, Elle discovers that Bruiser is gay after she is paged by the pause that refreshes a doggy day spa that Bruiser has been affectionate with Leslie a Rottweiler owned by Congressman Stan Marks. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, I love that for Bruiser. I love that for Elle Woods. I think that we should have a double feature night and watch Legally Blonde 1 and 2 back to back. No, that sounds good. I mean, they're both iconic. Obviously, Legally Blonde, like the first one is so iconic, but I feel like I liked the second one too. I've never seen it, but is Legally Blonde 2 secretly like the queer movie we all needed that we didn't know i i think so i honestly want to rewatch it and and see if there's more to that but back to my point though like i just feel like it's really (laughs) yeah back to your point (laughs) listen i have a point i swear can we get back to a point back to a point of this in case you missed it (laughs) i do feel like yeah i mean it's i guess it's not really like shocking news to find out like macaki monkeys are bisexual but like I don't know. Like, is it? I just feel like animals are naturally, like... Horny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never surprised when I hear that animals are having, like, same-sex partnerships. But I do think it's helpful news because a very common uh, homophobic argument is, like, it's not natural. A man and a woman is the only way you can reproduce. It's, like, biology. It's We're animals. And, you know, when you hear something like this, it's like animals are doing all sorts of stuff out there. They're just following their instincts. I really like that you brought that up because that's what everyone, like homophobic people really do say, like right off the get-go is it's not natural. Like those are very common arguments, but it's like. It's happening in nature, literally, because them macaques are getting real macaque all over the forest, wherever they live. Like 72%. That's wild. That's a big number. It makes perfect sense. And it honestly doesn't surprise me. But I do think it like, yeah, it it fights against the argument that it's not natural to be queer. And you know what? We're going to have a macaque on the podcast. Oh, are we? Is that our next guest? Do you speak macaque? (laughs) (laughs) We can learn it. We can learn it beforehand. On Duolingo. Duolingo. <laughs> Does Duolingo have macaki? Okay, well, thank you for telling me about the monkeys. I'm so happy for them. I hope they're having 
great sex out there in the monkey jungle and just lots of love to everyone listening to christine and kirsty for today's combo and to you persis oh and to you sarah oh this is a very lovey-dovey episode we just want to spread love all around and we just want to travel that's really yeah. all we want to do honestly <laughs> Yeah, when I was asking them about like, so what are the ins and outs of this business you got going on here? I was secretly taking notes like, how can I become a professional traveler? Yep, honestly. How, how, how? how? 